sharing this morning. Paul's one of our elders here, and we are excited about this. Thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) On behalf of the pastor, he said he wants to thank everybody that came out yesterday and made the church look better. Amen. I want to give him a hand, if you will. You know, I carry this to look important. <laughs> I got to have something up here or they'll think, you know, look at that old man up there. He, he don't know what's going on. So if I don't use this a lot, forgive me, okay? Mark Willie was good enough to give it to me. <laughs> and I'm still learning a lot. I learned how to get music on it. You know, there's other things, but, you know, uh, our pastor has been doing a series of teaching on the recipe or the instruction for success. And this is so important in our lives, everyday lives, that we, you know, that, that we follow the instructions. A lot of people don't like to follow instructions. And, you know, they really don't get anywhere. And you talk about instruction. We need to know what we're reading whenever we read something. And, you know, there's plenty of material out there to explain. Sometimes we can run across something we really don't understand. And I want to give you an example of that. As you can tell, and I know I, you know, I don't have to give it away. I'm from the South. And I've only been up here for 50-something years, but I plan on losing this accent very soon, all right? But when I was a child, we didn't, it was different. Okay, 50 years ago, I mean, what, I can't, I'm not going to say how long ago it's been. I'm, what, 73, so it's been a while ago. Anyway, my parents had left the house. And I thought, well, this is a good time for me to make some chocolate fudge. Because we didn't get candy back in the day. We just didn't do it. So what I did, I decided I'm going to take that old Hershey's can down. And I'm going to follow the instructions. And I got to a place where it said, a dash of salt. Well, being the intelligent sixth grader I was, I didn't know what a dash was. Now, if they would have said a pinch, I would have knew what it meant. So I said, you know, a dash must be a small dish. In my thinking. So what did I do? I took a saucer and I poured that old Morton salt with a girl with an umbrella on it. And I leveled it out. I put it in that stuff, stirred it all up, and cooked it to a certain... And you used to get a glass of water, and you would take a spoon and dip some of it in there. And if it cooled, it was done. Man, I was getting ready to have me some fudge. I let it cool. I couldn't hardly wait. I took a bite of that, and my goodness... Ain't a human on earth could could bear that. That was because I really didn't know what I was, the instructions I was following. And we as Christians are given instructions. Our pastor is so much into 
getting settled Christians, established Christians, not fly-by-night Christians, but established people. I love to be around established people. I love to be around Pentecostal people. Now, I know that everybody don't agree with it, but I love Pentecost. Today's Pentecostal Sunday. And, and I like the Holy Ghost. And it seems like the more the Holy Ghost I get, the better life is. Amen. So I'm not, a, if, if I get a little bit excited, just forgive me. Just, just go, I just, just go on around me. Honk your horn and go on around me. Whatever you got to do. <laughs> but instruction is important. And, and this series started out with my wife. How many of you remember my wife being up here and preaching? And man, she had, she had the whole, whole place shaking. Following my instructions. And of course, she took my notes and stuff. No, she didn't. She did it all on her own. And she talked about the ingredient of the Lord's coming. And I want to tell you something, people. The Lord is going to come back just like He said He would. And I know that we've heard it for years. Years and years and years. But I want to tell you what. The day is going to come when that trumpet's going to sound and the dead in Christ are going to rise and we which remain in our lives are going to be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. It's going to happen. You know how I know it's going to happen? Because it's written in the Word. It's not something man come up with. It's not just some fad or fantasy. It's in the Word. Paul talked about it. And she talked about the catching away of the saints and being prepared. You know, we have to get ready. When I got, came to church this morning, I really took a shower and I got ready. I got ready and you have to get yourself ready. A lot of people are living loose lives. And they're not living ready. And she talked about the ten, the virgins that were, ten were awake and ten were asleep and ten didn't have oil and ten did. And it's, 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 it's a shame that, that everybody ain't gonna be ready. But it's not that we don't have to be. And then the next Sunday, what happened? Brad came up, and I love Brad. He kind of my adopted son. Brad come up and he used the illustration, and he used Aaron as illustration, how we can be as saints and have handcuffs on us. And really not be free. You know, Jesus, the Bible says you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. A lot of us aren't free because really we haven't studied the truth about the situation that we're in. You shall know the truth, and the Bible says whom the Son is set free is free indeed. And a lot of times old things are waiting, looming over us, wanting to come back on us. And I'm going to tell you a story, and if some of you get it, you're going to, some of them shackles are going to come off. I don't expect everybody to get it, but some of you will. Robert Morris was getting up to preach, and a young lady was sitting in front of him, and the Holy Spirit said, tell her to stand up. She stood up, and he said, the Holy Spirit told him, say, I don't know your past. And evidently the girl had had a rough time in life. And her head went down. 
And the Holy Spirit said, tell her, I don't either. Now, some of you didn't get that. But some of you need, are living, dragging your past along with you. And uh, God don't know anything about it. The Holy Spirit is not anything about it. He said, tell the girl, neither do I. Neither do I. And how many of us are living, pulling our past behind it? Look at all the mistakes I made. Look at all the error I made. Look at what I did. And God said, I don't know what you're talking about. I want to tell you something. God's word is true. And if he said, I will remember your sins no more, I want to tell you something. You can take it to the bank. I will remember them no more. God ain't about all your past. He's about your future. Ain't not, he ain't going to relive your past. But he's got a future for you. Some of you should have shouted when I said that. Because why? Because that past is haunting you. Past is trying to, to, to drag you down. It's like shackles on you. Everywhere I go, I'm dragging the past with me. But I want to tell you something. In the eyes of God, it's a done deal. When he said, I'll put your sins in the sea of, and put them in the bottom of the sea, I want to tell you what he said. I will remember them no more. He said, I'm going to cast them as far as the east is from the west. And I want to tell you what you can do. You can walk west and eventually come out east, but you can't go east. You'll walk east forever. In other words, what he's saying is, they're gone. Then who followed them? Who was the third person? It was Brenda Allen. That's my prayer partner. Me and Adele love her and Mark, and we pray a lot together. We get together in fellowship. We pray a lot together. What was she talking about? Provision. When Joshua, we're going to go back. When Joshua got ready to go into Canaan land, what did he tell the people? He said, get your provisions together. If you was in the military, this is what it would be. They would be telling you, get your pack sack. Get, you, get all your gear together. Get your weapon. Make sure your weapon's clean. Get your entrenching tool together. Get your bayonet together. Get your sea rations. Get provision called in three days we're going to go to war three days we're going to go to war so she talked about provision getting ourselves ready for battle i want to tell you something we are in a battle a lot of people don't like to talk about battle they don't want to think that we're in the battle but i want to tell you what the scripture said that we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against powers and principalities, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Every day is not a battle, but I want to tell you what, we're going to have battles. Every day is not a battle day, but we're going to be battles. And I want to tell you what, Satan is setting on things that belong to you. He's got some of your children bound up. He's got your finances bound up. He's got disease bound up on you. And Jesus wants you to be free. And he gave you everything you need to get free. If you don't want to use it, enjoy the sickness. If you don't want to use what God gave you, 
Just enjoy it. But the thing about it is, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Everybody wants something, but they don't want to fight for it. Isn't it amazing that God said, I'm going to give you Canaan land. I'm going to give you Canaan land. But you had to fight for it. It was a land flowing with milk and honey. It was a land uh, that they, the Bible says that they took one bundle of grapes or cluster of grapes and two guys had to carry it. It was so rich. I love grapes. Brother, they must have been like pool balls. Can you imagine sitting down for dinner and say, what did you have for dinner? I had two grapes. <laughs> say, man, you're eating healthy. <laughs> but it was a low land overflowing, and they had to go in and fight for every bit of it. But God was with them. Remember the group that went in, and they said, ma'am, we can't take it. And today I'm supposed to speak a little bit about negativity and encouragement. Well, the negative part is whenever they got to Canaan land, they begin to see the giants. They begin to see everything, every reason in the world why they couldn't take it, why they, they, they couldn't possess it. And they begin to confess with their mouth. We can't do it. We're like grasshoppers in their side, in their side, and the walls are fortified. There's giants in the land. There's giants. And God said, I'll be with you. And they wouldn't go. And where did they end up? They ended up back in the wilderness. 600,000 people were influenced by 10 men. Don't, I don't run with negative people. I don't run with the naysayers that say that God doesn't heal. I don't run with people that say that God can't deliver. I don't want to hear it. But 600,000 people were waiting for something better. Were waiting for the promise that, that, that God had promised them. And there was 10 people stood up and said, we can't take it. And everybody believed it. So they ended up back in the wilderness. They ended up sleeping back on the sand with snakes and all the things that, that, that are in the sand in the desert. And that generation died off. God got mad at them. God almost destroyed them. Hadn't been, I want to tell you what, Moses was a good man. <laughs> Moses, you don't know what our pastors put up with. <laughs> Moses was a good man, and, 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 and he pleaded with them. And God said, okay, we're going to do it again, but everybody that could have went is going to die off, all the men of war. And the next group that went in was Joshua. I love Joshua. If you like fighting people, you'll love the book of Joshua. The book of Joshua ain't for cowards. God told Joshua, he said, I want you to be strong and of good courage. He said, this word, you shall meditate it on uh, 
day and night. It'll not depart from your, from your heart, from your mouth. And he said, then you will have good success. And Joshua obeyed. And what happened? They went in and they possessed Canaan land. They possessed a land that was flowing with milk and honey. But they had to fight for every inch of it. Every inch of it. And Christians don't like to fight. But I want to tell you something. There's times to fight. There's times to put on that whole armor and get in your closet. I don't know about you, but every once in a while, I got to put it on and I got to get in the closet and I go to praying in tongues. I go to praying and I go to calling demons out. I go to casting them out. I go to binding them up. When I get done with them, they know somebody's been there. They know somebody's been there. Because there's things that you've got to do. we all sitting around waiting for God to do something. Oh, I come to church. Pastor, preach me happy. Amy, sing me happy. Then I'll leave. Before I get to the car. I remember the other day hearing a man talking about a church. And the Lord showed him a vision of the people in the church worshiping. And he said different parts of the church, they would be like bolts of light go up. And the pastor asked him, he said, what are those bolts of light? He said, those are people worshiping. Everybody else is just singing. That's hard. Everybody else is... Mind is, where am I going to eat? What, hey, hey, we've all been through it. Don't, don't look at me like a dog with a new pan. <laughs> we all been there. Don't tell me that whenever you lift them hands and praise God, you're not thinking, well, where am I going to eat a taste, man? Am I going <laughs> am I gonna have breakfast? I'm going to have lunch. I wonder how long is it going to go. I wonder, what, you know, when they're going to take up an offering to pastor one priest long today. Ah, you know what? I'm, I'd like to get out of here, you know. I need my nap. Because the devil will do everything in the world to distract you. Everything in the world. That's his job is to distract you. And he knows if you break through, God's going to come through. God's going to come through. The Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. Now, I can get down and I can pray. And I can say in the name of Jesus and I can go into his throne. But when I begin to worship, here comes God. Because he inhabits the praises of his people. You talk about encouragement. Remember old Paul and Silas, man, they were going down the road or going to pray. That's what they were doing. They were going to pray. And this little old girl comes out and she got a spirit of divination. You know what she was doing? She was fortune telling. And I want to tell you something. You better be careful when you get around that junk. We don't need a fortune teller. We got the Holy Spirit. He'll let you know what you need to do. He'll let you know where you need to go. I don't need some fortune teller to tell me that I want to get money. The Bible says, my God shall supply all of my need according to the riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Yes, there's times I need money, but when I do, I go to God. 
And he was going down the road, and, and then this little girl began to, to talk. And you know, when the enemy can quote scripture too, but they did something chilling about it. Just something ain't right. And she was saying, these men, show us the way to salvation. And Paul said that happened many days, and Paul got tired of it. Sometimes I get tired of the devil talking to me. He turned around and looked at the girl and he said, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, come out of her. And that spirit of divination left her and the guys that were using her, that were getting their money through her and, and their living, they were mad. And they went to the, the magistrates and told them, hey, this Paul and this Silas, they're doing things that aren't right. And they had them beat. The magistrates called them in and had them beat. Had them threw in jail. And the jailer not only put them in jail, he put them in the inner jail. Put them in stocks. And I don't know about you, but a stock is a piece of wood. Evidently, it's been cut in two and hollowed out enough for your legs. So you're sitting on your butt, so to speak, with your legs spread like this. Sitting in filth. Been beat to death or beat with rods. And what did they do? You would have heard me crying like a baby. You know, Lord, I was just doing your will. Where were you at? How come I'm in the middle of all this? How come I hurt and all that? And the Bible says they begin to sing. Oh, Paul might have started it up. Oh, victory in Jesus. Silas might have been saying, Lord, we thank you that we're worthy of being beaten for your glory. They begin to pray. Being the same. And they wasn't quiet about it, John. Wasn't quiet about it. The Bible says the whole jail heard them. And I want to tell you what, your father, our God, said that's enough. And he reached down and he got that old jail and he shook it. And everybody got free. And you don't know what your worship does to the person sitting next to you. God gave you a mouth. And Brenda Allen had a vision, a night vision. About the enemy taking our mouths from us. Taking our prayer from us. Taking our worship from us. Because he knows how dangerous it can be. How when a man begins to praise God right in the middle of a storm. I mean that was a bad time. Being beat half to death. And sitting in all that filth. Not knowing what was going to happen. And they started praying and singing. Come on now. Must have been some Pentecost around there somewhere. <laughs> Woo! And God reached down and shook it. Everybody got free. The door swung open. The, the, the chains come off everybody. The jailer saw, you know, saw what was happening and he said, Give me a sword. I got to kill myself. 
Paul said, do thyself no harm. We're all here. God ain't about setting crooks free. But he is about setting people free. We're all here. And the Bible says he called for light and came in. He said, man, what can I do to be saved? He said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And thou and thy house shall be saved. I want to tell you one of the best ingredients for a successful Christian is to worship and to pray. We got to have the word. We got to have a balance, people. We get out of balance. I got to have the word. That's my bread. I got to have praise that belongs to God. I got to have prayer. I got to commune with the Father. I got to live like Jesus is coming again. And I got to watch this tongue. The Bible says the power of life and death is in the tongue. I don't, when the devil comes to me with pain, I don't brag on him. That's just me. That's just me. I don't brag on him. I know pain is going to come. But you know what? I know that by his stripes I'm healed. He may come knocking on my door, but I don't have to let him in. Certainly I'm gonna, I'm, I'm living in a, in a lie. I'm getting old. You didn't know that, did you? <clears throat> and things ain't, they, they ain't like they used to be, but I want to tell you what. I'm doing good for a 73 year old man. <laughs> And they ain't old with Jack. <laughs> but you have to watch that tongue because the enemy's sitting around waiting for you to speak something. Why? So he can bring death. But I can speak life. The power. People don't realize the power. Jesus said, if you say to the mountain, man, you know, I've heard a lot of what they call faith preachers. Well, you know what? We all got faith preachers. If you ain't got faith, there's something wrong with you. You ain't saved. <laughs> but they use Mark eleven twenty three, And then, then, then you know what? The, the, Jesus said, if you say to the mountain to be thou removed and be thou cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in your heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. He didn't say with your head. <laughs> People say something and they're waiting for their head to agree with the heart. And the head ain't never going to agree with the heart. Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart. But shall believe those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Jesus said it. I didn't write it. He wrote it. You gotta watch what you, how you use your tongue. The Bible says that your tongue is like a, a, a fire. You know what? Big forest fires that burn thousands and hundreds and thousands of acres is started by one little match. One little light. And our tongue 
we got to get it under control. We have to keep, if we're going to have a successful life, if we're going to have success, and that's what we want. We want successful people. We want solid people. We want people that when the storms come, they don't get blown away. I like to be around people. I made up my mind. I told the pastor, I said, you ain't can't offend me. You can't offend me. I refuse to be offended. And you say, well, Paul, you ain't never going to preach again. You ain't never going to do this again. You ain't never going to do that. Okay. You can't sit on the front row no more. I want Mario over there with the camera. Okay. I don't want you parking back there anymore. Okay. I refuse to get offended. Let me tell you something. And I saw this on Facebook. Just because you're offended don't make you right. And I saw what offended people, what happens to their lives. I saw how that God is not blessing like they think they should be blessed. I mean, if Jesus could hang on that cross being beat to death, didn't even look like a man, and he could look down and say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Father, forgive them. And somebody going to offend you because they speak to you. You know, I walked right by the pastor and he didn't even look at me. He's human. He's human. You know, I don't expect, I know we all expect perfection out of him, but I got news for you. (laughs) And I didn't get it from me, I got it from Terry. <laughs> but what's the point I'm getting at? Man, I don't want to be offended. I've, I've been around enough of that. I know that. I know what that dog does. It, you know, just won't hunt around me no more. I ain't going to do it. I just ain't going to do it. I make up my mind. You know. I mean, I get to like what offends me almost. All right, Brad, almost. When I'm getting to a stoplight, there's a left-hand arrow. And there's somebody in front of me, and they're going. And that arrow turns green. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Let's go. And they're going. I go, honk! And they pull through, and there's red. I almost. I didn't say I did. But almost got offended. But Jesus said these words in the Lord's Prayer. He said, if you don't forgive your brother his trespasses, neither will the Lord forgive you yours.
I don't want to play no games. I don't want to play no games. I don't want to play with the devil. I don't want to play with, you know, the hurts and, and the wounds and bitterness. And they're going to come, people. They're going to come, but they don't have to stay. Just because a bird flies over your head, don't mean you got to let it stop and build a nest. That's good. <laughs> and sometimes we let it stop and build a nest. We get to thinking about how that, uh, you know, and then we get into Kim's message. I don't know, but she talked about pride. About me, 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 me. Me. What about me? What about me? What about me? We're supposed to be about you. It's supposed to be about helping others. It's supposed to be about giving. It's supposed to be about giving God our time. Supposed to be about giving God not only our time. I love to give. I love to give money to God. You know why I love to give money to God? God gives it back. It ain't like this. I used to would be like this though when I first started paying tithes. I didn't. You don't pay tithes. You give tithes. And I would say, oh, Lord, if I give them this thing, I said, God, I don't want, you don't got to bless me a hundredfold. Just give me back what I gave you. <laughs> <laughs> but God always comes through. God ain't a thief. A lot of churches, a lot of people, you bring up money in the church and, and they go to pieces. Man, I ain't charging you. I don't know about wanting your money. Well, I have never, I have to talk to him sometimes to get him to ask for money. He won't do it. I ain't got no problem asking for money. I ain't got no problem at all. <laughs> I ain't the pastor. <laughs> but you know what? The Bible says to give and it shall be given unto you. We need to get our finances in order. Pressed down, shaken together, shall men give unto your bosom. And it said in, in Malachi 3.10, and, and, and you need to learn the Word. You need to learn these things. You need to study them to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that not need be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. I give tithe, but God said, if you give tithe, I'll give you this. I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. I say, all right, God. Thank you. I can't see how he works. I know when he's at work, but I can't see how he works. He said, son, you take care of my house, I'll take care of your house. For God is good. God is good. And God wants to, I, I, I know I've shot a lot of different directions. If it was arrows, they'd be all over the place. But the thing is, it's a recipe. You remember, remember the cake? <laughs> I wanna, I ain't gonna be much longer. But remember the cake? I was sitting right over there. And they brought that cake over there and I ain't had breakfast or nothing. <clears throat> and I figured, well, I'm an elder. 
surely the pastor is going to ask me to have a bite out of that cake. I'm an elder. I mean, after all. And there's Luke. Come here, Luke. Think about it. I would have probably would have messed his message up. I'd have probably ate the bad cake. I'd have probably said, well, I'll tell you what, let me do. Let me have another bite of that. I ain't sure yet. I said, well, it's getting better. But Luke was honest. Luke said, no, nah, the cake, it ain't no good. Why? Because they left a recipe out of it. And you know, on a, on a recipe that you have, you can't, you've got to mix it together. It ain't going to do no good to have eggs over here. Butter over here, flour over here, without it going together, without mixing it together. You know, I'm bad about, I was bad. I'm better about not reading directions. I remember one time uh, my granddaughter, somebody bought her a swing set, and we're going to put it in the backyard. Well, me being the mechanical giant of the family, knowing all the names of the tools and such stuff as that, I looked at the box and I said, well, this ain't going to be nothing. Shoot, man, I started putting it together and next thing you know, stuff's going like this and that and all that. I said, well, you know what I need to do, Mario? I need to read the directions. (laughs) When I started reading the directions, it started going together. <laughs> Wasn't nobody around to heckle me, you know, about the way it started out. But all I did was look at the box. I said, there ain't going to be nothing to this. And a lot of people are just looking at the box and saying, well, I don't have to follow those directions. I'll do it my way. Well, let me tell you what. You did it your way, and it didn't work. And now I got to do it God's way. God's way always works. He wants you to have life. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundant. Well, I need to know what Jesus said if, it, if that's the case. I got to spend some time in the Word. Ain't nobody likes to read the Word much anymore. But you know, I mean, at one time, and this is just me, and it ain't you. I don't, I don't know what your library is, but everybody had a library. And we'd pass books around and study and study and study. And you'd be surprised what you can learn. Now, I sit home on my iPad. <laughs> and I look through it. But you know what the thing about it is? It's that the studying to show yourself studying, nobody can do it for you, studying to show yourself approved. If anybody, I want to be approved of, it's not man, it's God. So I need to get in the Word. I got to find out what the Word said about my situation. Somebody says, well, you know what? God can heal if He wants to. 
But if you don't want to, you don't have to. I didn't get much of an answer. But I get in the Word and I begin to look at the Word and begin to see what Isaiah said and what Matthew said and what Peter said. And I said, it's a done deal! I don't have to beg. That's not a good hillbilly word. I can't pronounce it right. God for anything. It's in His Word. That he was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace was upon him, and by his stripes I am healed. Matthew 8 17 said, One evening was come, they brought unto him many who were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirit with the word that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Himself took my infirmities and bore my diseases. That's pretty simple. But oh, how hard we make it. How hard we can make it. And now let's go back one more time to that little girl that Robert Morris said, Young lady, I don't know your past. And the Holy Spirit said, I don't either. That sounds too easy. Oh, I need to be punished for what I did. I know I'm going to be punished for what I did. I know that I deserve to be punished. Well, Jesus done tuck it. Punishments you take don't amount to nothing. Punishments you take is something that you disallow yourself to come into. And let me tell you something, the devil will help you out. Oh, he'll sit on your shoulder and he'll put them thoughts in your head and you begin to entertain them and you go, oh, yes, Lord, I deserve this. I deserve this. You might deserve it, but you don't get it. Jesus already done it for him. So in, in, in the recipe to be a successful Christian, get in that word. Just take time. Pray in, in the spirit. I love praying in the spirit. You know what? I don't have but a GED. I barely did get it. So I don't have a lot of words. I don't speak English fluently at all, if you didn't know. <laughs> now, don't, don't, uh, you know, I know some of you are trying to, you know, probably saying, yes, he does. He's listening to that hillbilly speak fluently, tearing it up. <laughs> but I do know how to speak in tongues. And today is what Pentecostal Sunday, and I'm thankful for the for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And one of the gifts I heard, dear Sister Terry, give a tongue last week. Now that's the gift of the Spirit. That's not your private tongue. That's the gift of the Spirit that operates in church. And we get them confused. You can have your own tongue in your own prayer time, but this was a tongue for the church, and she interpreted. Lucretia interpreted it, and it was in order. You know what? We get in trouble and we get out of order. If I'm sitting by an unbeliever and all I'm doing is John Domokela, they ain't doing him no more good than a man in the moon. And Paul said in church, I'd rather speak five words that's going to help somebody than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. 
But he did say this. He said, I thank God I pray in tongues more than you all. Likewise, oh, this is one of my favorites. I got to give myself a clap because I get happy. <laughs> Romans eight twenty six. Likewise, the Spirit, talking about the Holy Spirit, help with our infirmity, God. We don't know what to pray for as we ought. I can pray for the pastor. Pray that he strengthen him, God, that he does this, that, and that. I'm done. But I could pray all day if I wanted to. and I don't, but I could pray all day <laughs> in tongues for him. But likewise, the Spirit help with our infirmity. We don't want to pray for it. We ought. But the Spirit makes intercession for us. He comes alongside of me when I'm praying. He comes down and he helps me. To make it simple, you could take it like this. Likewise, the Spirit take a hold together with against my inability to produce results. Called the word heaveth means to take a hold with. The word infirmity means to produce results. I studied it. I studied it up. So what do I do? I pray in my understanding. But man, I love to pray in tongues. And you know, most people that are around me, they find that out. I mean, I don't go around scaring people and trying to show off my spirituality. That don't get you nowhere. But I want to tell you something, people. It's available for you. You need to study it. Jude says, brethren, building yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, he said, when a man prayeth in a tongue, he prayeth not unto man but unto God, for in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. I speak things I don't know. If I already knew them, I wouldn't be speaking them. And the Bible says that eye has not seen, ear has not heard, it hasn't even entered into the heart of man. The things that God has prepared for them. But they are revealed by His Spirit, Brad. I've heard Brad give a testimony about when he was in, in, in trouble and he, he began to read the Word and pray in the Spirit and, and he got victory over it. Now I'm not saying that's the only way to get victory. But I want to tell you what, if the Lord is my helper, The Lord is on my side. The scripture says the Lord's on my side. Back when I was a kid, we used to play Red Rover. And Red Rover was just kids lining up holding hands, and I was the skinniest, runniest one. So I was, all right, get over here. They didn't want me on their side. But God's on our side. 
The Bible said, if God be for you, who can be against you? There's no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise up against you in judgment shall be condemned. I love the Word of God. Some of these scriptures, I hide them in me. There's one in the 91st Psalm that says, I'll be with you in trouble, and I will deliver you and honor you, and I have used it over and over and over and over and over and over, and I'll use it again over and over and over and over. Why? Because it works. you got to work the Word to get it to work. You got to work it. God is for you, not against you. God is on your side. God is on your side. Don't that sound good? Then we begin to think of reason he ain't on our side. Because you know what I did? I did this, I did that. I don't pray enough, don't read enough, don't do enough. If I fasted more, if I gave more, if I did this more, maybe God would come to my aid. No. It ain't about you. It's about him. I remember Tommy, wherever Tommy is, I love Tommy. Tommy is a dancer. I love him, man. And Tommy get up there and bounce around. I used to do that, Tommy. Maybe they'll do it. He gets up and bounces around and, 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 you know, but I remember him saying this morning in prayer that he was meditating on the, the visions of the Lord appearing and stuff in the, in the scriptures. And he said that, and I remember what Isaiah said. He said, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up and the train of his robe filled the temple. And if you don't know what that train signifies, you miss the whole thing. The train was the victories and the glories that these kings had won. The longer the train, the more victories they had. And the Lord's train filled the temple. I want to tell you something. Everything that bothers you, that's hindering you, is under that train. Jesus already won the battle. Don't mean we don't have to fight. Fight's good for you. I don't like it. But it's needful. And you need to learn to put on the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And having done all to stand, I stand. Therefore, having my loins girt about with truth. Sometimes I just go, Whoop! Having on the breastplate of righteousness. You know what? Devil, I am righteous. You know what that means? I'm right with God. My feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. On my head is the helmet of salvation. In my hand is the sword of the Spirit and the shield of faith whereby I will quench every fiery dart of the wicked one. And then it goes into this. You ain't done. You ain't done when you put it on. Then it said praying with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Then it's time to go in to pray. After you put it on. 
You want to be a successful Christian? Some of this stuff, you I mean, all of it, you need to learn. And it's for you. I can't fight your battles. I can fight with you, but I can't fight your battles. But God has given you the paraclete, one called alongside. I want to tell you what. Pain and, and stuff may endure for the night, but joy cometh in the morning. Let me tell you something. I don't care what you're going through. Joy is on its way. You stay in there with God and God's staying with you. And let me tell you what, it may endure for the night, but joy is on its way. Joy comes after a battle. People want victories, but I ain't found no battles. I don't know about you, but I like to be around people as they're seasoned that's been through it so I can hear what they've been through and I can glean from it. That's why I like to read so many books by different people and hear their thoughts. You know, I'm going to close. I really am going to close right now. <laughs> But we need to be as wise as an old cow. Now, I know that's southern, but we need to be as wise. Them old cows we used to feed, they'd be eaten, hit a briar, spit it out, and keep eating. Now, some of you don't get that. But maybe not everything I say is going to agree with you this morning. Well, spit it out and keep eating. Don't quit eating because you hit a briar. Just keep eating. Stay in the words. You know, not a, I, I found great men that spoke the scripture. I didn't think was in error, but it didn't make no difference. I mean, if it didn't have nothing to do with my salvation, maybe they didn't quote it right, whatever. Maybe I didn't agree with their interpretation of it, whatever. Well, let me tell you what, I didn't quit eating. I didn't, I didn't say, well, I said, I'm done. Oh, I think I'll eat breakfast. Oh, I think I'm getting ready to go to Tate's. I wonder how many is in line. I wonder if we go early. If we go early and get Amy to get a table, maybe we all can get there, you know. And just keep eating. But you got to learn. And I'm thankful for the opportunity to get to share with you this morning. <clears throat> I know... I shot off, and like I said, in a lot of different directions, but it's a recipe for success. And that's what we want. And I want you to know something this morning that God is here to encourage you. If you want to be encouraged, get in the Word. You know, Paul, I mean, uh, David, David was a man, and I love to read about David, and David. 
Saul was trying to kill David. You know, David was was riding with Saul on, you know, and the women began to sing. Uh, Saul has killed his thousand. David his ten thousand. Jealousy rose up in, in Saul, and Saul said, "Well, I got to kill David." And he, you know, began to make friends with him. Every time he got a chance, he tried to kill him. And one day, David said, "You know what? I got to get away from Saul altogether." So he went and joined up with the Philistine army. And he began to, 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 to fight with them or whatever he went out every day, but he really went into the enemy. And he would come back and say, well, I've been up so and so, where you've barely been over here doing this. And he'd bring back spoil. And David asked for a place to live and they gave him Ziglag. And Ziglag's a story you need to read about. And Ziglag, and so Paul, I mean, uh, David got ready to, to the Philistine got ready to go to war and they were marching their troops by and they said, who are these Hebrews? And they said, that's David. And they said, oh no, get him out of here. We don't want him. He ain't going to fight with us. He may turn on us in battle. So he told, Achash told David, said, get your troops, daylight, get out of here. And David got within sight of his hometown and he saw flames coming up. Everything was burned. He got there. His family was gone. The whole town was burned. And these grown men, these mighty warriors, one of them that killed 800 at one time, one of them that slew a lion in a pit on a snowy day, one that took a giant spear away from him and stabbed him with his own spear. These were mighty men. Like reading after Superman. And they sat down and they began to cry. And they cried till they couldn't cry anymore. And they talked about what we're going to do now. We're going to stone David. It's his fault. And the Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. There may be times you can't get a hold of the pastor. It may be times you can't get a hold of somebody else to pray with you. But you can always go to the Lord. And David prayed and said, should I go after him? And the Lord answered him and said, go after him. And without all, without fail, you're going to recover all. David was obedient and they brought back stuff. My goodness, they gave it to every king around. They gave it to all of David's friends. They gave us spoil. It's, it's, it's unbelievable how much spoil he brought back. But he encouraged himself in the Lord. And I got a song that I want you to hear. That the Lord kind of laid it on my it sounds, well, I can't, I, I like it. I like it. I ain't going to lie to you and say the Lord told me to do it because it wasn't an audible voice. It's just a beautiful song. And it kind of tells you the heart of the Lord. And sometimes we can get it messed up So well. 
the kind of God you serve. Amen. We're going to ask the prayer team if they would come up. And if you feel that you've been in the valley and need to be raised up. If you feel that, that you've been in a battle and you need somebody to agree with you. God is for you. God is for you. And not against you. He raised us up. He raises us up. So Heavenly Father, this morning in the name of Jesus, I pray for each one here, God. I pray, Lord, that God, that today, Father, if they've been going through a difficult time, a difficult season in their lives, God, that they come for prayer and agreement, God, that you're going to raise them up, Father, because your word declares it, and you are a good God. You are good all the time. You are the Lord, and you change not. And I pray for this congregation today, Father. I pray for the Spirit of the Lord to come up on them and raise them up a time of refreshing from the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen.